Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to another episode of the Flyers Talk podcast. Katie Emmer, Jordan Hall with you today. And Jordan, the last episode we mentioned on the end, we were going to have some news. If it was going to be more so positive, we wanted or negative by the end of the weekend. And here we are with some positive news. The Flyers with their 3-2 victory in game six to pass the Canadians, officially getting that out of the way, which was much needed. Much needed. I That whole series, you're on the end of your seats because Montreal is just lethal, like a stealth mode lethal team all of a sudden, and the Flyers couldn't find ways to score goals exactly. But anyway, um, they, they put that behind them, and they have the New York Islanders coming up, and we're going to get into that, Jordan. We're going to preview what's to come, another tough team in the East that they have to take on in the second round. But Still kind of soaking all this in as much as you want, right? I mean, this is an exciting thing. They, they make it past the first round for the first time in eight years. Um, I, again, I just mentioned there, I felt like, you know, maybe a little more goal production, but hey, you can't be upset with them just being as defensively sound as they could be to hold the Canadians to pass them and Carter Hart especially to pass them and, and move on. What did you think from game six and just overall this series as you look back on it? Yeah, I don't think the Flyers fans are going to care really how it went down and how it happened. As long as they saw their team advance to the next round, <laughs> I think they'll be happy. Uh, and that's what we've seen. They're going on to the second round for the first time since 2012. It's, it's tough not to like the makeup of this team. They've got all the ingredients. When you think of a veteran core, um, good veteran leadership, guys, good veterans that can still play. And then you have a blend of, youngsters who are just starting to kind of get their feet wet and play off hockey, but youngsters that can really play too. Uh, not just yeah. kids, they're kids. These are kids that can play and are ready to play. And then you have a young goalie who is the franchise, uh, the, the franchise goalie uh, who you are going to build around for years to come. Um, and then, yeah, you have good depth in your forward groups. Um, you have a, a, a dynamic top pair on defense. You have a really young, exciting pair on defense. And then you have um, a real solid third pair on defense. And then you even have a seventh defenseman by the name of Shane Gossespierre, who is yep. probably the most talented seventh defenseman in this entire 2014 tournament. And he showed it uh, in game six coming in for Matt Niskin and playing really, really well. Um, so that kind of spoke volumes, kind of summed up the Flyers, um, basically in a nutshell, that they are deep and they have a likable group that gets along and stands up for one another. Um, and I think we really saw that in this Canadian series. And they're going to have to be better. They're going to have to be better against the Islanders. Yeah. We know that the Islanders are a really good team. They have good depth. Um, they have a good goalie. Uh, and they're tough to play against. They, they, were, they really do remind me of the Flyers in a lot of ways because of how tough they are to play against. 
and that they have a veteran head coach in Barry Trotz um, and a pretty solid uh, guy in net. What do you what do you think of this series? Um, maybe what concerned you and what what makes you think the Flyers have a good shot? Yeah, so I mean, you did mention too there with this really focusing in on the Flyers and the weapons they have. Jake Voracek being an example that when we saw him get going, Jordan, we we saw him bring his energy, and I didn't feel like we saw it every game in that series. But when he did, he made such an impact. And yes, that is such a challenge. I I know for these veterans, like in this scenario, no fans. They've never experienced this in the playoffs, and this energy that you sort of have to manufacture yourself. Um, I think is a very important thing, obviously, moving forward, because you need to step up uh, every single game. You can't let one get out of your hands. Um, and this next round is not going to be an easy feat at all. And the first wasn't either. But hopefully that sense of relief after the first, you got through it. Okay, now what do we need to do? Like, how much did they learn? Like, how big of a lesson was that that they learned? You know, a team that has their sights set on the Stanley Cup, um, getting past that first round now together. And what can they, can they take from that moving forward is going to be very important. And my biggest concern would be that energy. You need to have it. You can't, you can't let a first period get away from you. Uh, Chris Terrian on pre and post will always say that first 10 minutes was so important with the, the Canadians. I think that's always important too moving forward. But this is also another strong team. They have, uh, they have the offensive help that they need. They also have, like you said, a uh, very strong goaltender in Semyon Varlamov. Um, looking here, too, he has a 9.34 save percentage in a 1.67 goals against uh, here in the playoffs. Definitely numbers that aren't anything, you know, easy to get past. Uh, but you know what? This is this is the Flyers, too. They play well against good good competition. That was the case during the regular season. Um, that was the case in the playoffs. Canadians just came up uh, firing right away, and they, they play up to their level. So this, uh, this could be an exciting series. I say could be, I think, because it's just so important with uh, game one coming up Monday uh, here to just see what happens. But I think right away you're going to have to uh, really be ready for a defensively sound team, a heavy team. Um, they're going to be so like a physical team. That's all I can think about too. Anthony Bovillier, another, you know, guy that's right up there too, with just as far as making an impact, uh, he has nine points in nine games. And then you have Josh Bailey as well, uh, a centerman with them, 10 points in nine games. I mean, a lot of these guys, everyone's pitching in, um, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot, Barzell, um, Rock Nelson, even, I mean, this, you can't focus too much on that part because the Flyers have their own weapons. But um, really, just the, the top guys, uh, they can be concerning. You need to get on them right away. And uh, Barry Trotz, we know you mentioned right there, like any Barry Trotz-led team, I'm, I'm happy for him that, you know, he goes from the Caps, he comes here, he really changes things around. But this is a team and on the Flyers' take in this second round that I would love to be a fly on the wall in those meetings with Elaine Vino. What's their approach? What's their focus right now? Because really, you're, you're looking at a heavy team, but – I think it's going to be an exciting series for sure because this is this is like you said, kind of the same vibe as the Flyers. They remind they remind you of the Flyers. You said Jordan, and it's kind of that case where they just they battle for what they deserve um, every night, day in and day out. Uh, looking back though on this regular season, zero and three versus the Isles um, for the Flyers. You don't want to focus on those numbers. It's in the past, right? It's a regular season, but I think I would like them to redeem themselves here in this second round. What about you? Yeah, it's worth noting. Um, first, I'll say this. Uh, it's worth noting with that 
uh, with that regular season series. So they were 0-2-1 against the Islanders. But if you look at the, if you look at the games, uh, two of them came on the road, um, which obviously, you know, the Flyers were not a great road team. And right now in the playoffs, there are no fans. Uh, so I thought that was notable. Two of them came on the road. And then two of them came before the calendar turned to 2020. And as many people know, the Flyers really kind of truly found themselves and kind of really found their identity from January on. Uh, that's when they really kind of came into their own. And whereas the Islanders actually struggled, uh, the Islanders actually struggled from January on. The Flyers were really good. They were one of the best teams in hockey from January on, whereas the Islanders, um, I wrote it uh, on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com, but I believe in 30 games the rest of the way in January, they were 10, 13, and 7. Um, so I thought that's worth noting that uh, the Flyers only saw them once in 2020, and that's when they started playing really well. Uh, they also got better at the trade deadline uh, by getting Derek Grant and Nate Thompson. But you can also have to remember that the Islanders got better too. They got better at the trade deadline by getting John Gabriel Peugeot. Uh, they made that was one of the biggest splashes at the trade deadline. A lot of people recall. So these teams are definitely a little different. Um, I think the regular season series was also tighter than people really saw uh the one loss that came in philly the flyers had a three nothing third period lead and they blew it uh and lost in a shootout so they had that game one if they just close out a three nothing lead in the third and then the second the, the third and final game uh was a wild game that the islanders scored an empty netter late to make it five three um so that game was really tight the flyers actually came back and tied it uh and then, and then lost it late um so it was a pretty tight regular season series and the teams are a little different well, Katie, I find it very inter interesting in, in how similar these teams were and how similar they were in terms of kind of changing their dynamic was um, when the Flyers hired Elaine Vigneault, Chuck Fletcher talked about the Islanders. He talked about the Islanders because he said, hey, that's a team that had a serious goal prevention issue. And then the very next season, they were the top team in goal prevention. And that was all because of Barry Trotz coming in there and changing their mindset, changing their style, and changing the way in which they play. And now they're known as this very strong defensive team that controls pace, controls tempo, and prevents goals. And Chuck Fletcher, I think, kind of wanted to follow that blueprint. I think he had the Islanders in his mind when he hired Elaine Vigneault. Uh, the Flyers had a serious goal prevention issue last year. Uh, yeah. Chuck Fletcher said they had bad habits, bad on-ice habits that led to a lot of goals against, and you can't win like that. And Elaine Mignot comes in, changes their system, changes their style, and now they are a tough team to play against that prevents goals a lot, lot better than they did in 2018-19. So two very interesting teams that just really remind me of each other, um, the way in which they rebuilt things, and now they're you know, two of the final four teams in the Eastern Conference um, with similar styles. So it should be fun. As we've seen in the playoffs, the Islanders are allowing 1.67 goals per game. That is the fewest in the playoffs. The Flyers are allowing 1.78. That is the second fewest. So I have a feeling we're going to have a hard fault series that could be low scoring at times where time and space will not be available. Um, and it's going to be the team that has to make that, that big play um, and crack a goalie here and there, and then try to hold on to a lead because it's, it's just going to be a tight series, but it should be a fun one. You know, Jordan going all the way back to skate zone before the, 
NHL pause um, and global pandemic, uh, Elaine Vigneault just saying we will make the playoffs and that assurance in his voice. Then hear him say, uh, we're going to improve the power play, that assurance in his voice. I mean, whatever he says, it's always just right here, right now, that this first round win, not good enough, got the next thing going. And you would expect that with any coach, but there's just something so unique. So yeah. unique about this one and just always has his eyes or his sights, sorry, set on the, uh, the next thing and always looking upward and onward for this team. You got to love it and you got to love this series. I'm so excited. Absolutely, Katie. I know he has fans excited. And like you say, Katie, I know you, you know fans are excited. They're probably chomping at the bit to get this, ser- this series started. Speaking of the fans, um, they've had a different experience in these playoffs. Uh, they are not flocking to the Wells Fargo Center for playoff hockey in Philadelphia, but they are certainly buzzed. And to tell us more about the fanic experience and how the Flyers are getting their fans involved in this playoff from making them feel like they are right there in it, Flyers Chief Business Officer Mike Shane to tell us all about the experience with the fans and how they're making sure this team has their fans along the way with them. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help. Mike, I know these are unprecedented times, and I'm sure your team has had to find ways to discover creative and unique ways to reach your fans um, during this playoff run. Uh, I know a big, a big initiative for you guys has been Flyers Home Ice, um, a way for fans to uh, engage with you during the games. Uh, how did you guys come about that, and uh, just what makes it so great for the fans? Yeah, I mean, you, you said it. These are unprecedented times. And, you know, for, for us, we, we really wanted to take a step back and, um, you know, make sure that, that no one was missing out on any element of it. So, first of all, you know, we, we've worked really hard and, and we've worked closely, um, you know, with our partners at NBC Sports Philadelphia on, on, on awareness and just um, getting our fans up to speed and, and letting them know that, you know, for, for most of them, um, August is not hockey season and the Stanley Cup playoffs don't have 24 teams. Um, and so, you know, just a, an education process on how it works, um, what the bubble is, um, and, you know, that this is going to be a, a Stanley Cup run unlike any other. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I liken that a little bit to, um, you know, your favorite show that, that has a cliffhanger at the end of the season and you got to wait a while till the next, till the next season airs. And, um, you know, we really took it upon ourselves to, to get people back up to speed, to, to tell the story and, and to get people excited to where they were. And then you mentioned home ice. Um, you know, one of the other pieces that, that we know that our fans are, are going to miss this run is being at the Wells Fargo center and, um, all of the traditions, all of the fun parts of, of being at a game live, um, whether it's, Lauren Hart singing the national anthem or Lou Nolan's voice announcing the lineups and the Pico power play, um, our goal horn, our goal song, uh, whatever crazy things Gritty is getting up to on that day. We want to be able to, to deliver that to our fans. And so we, we came up with this concept, uh, Flyers Home Ice, that is completely meant to be a, a complement to the NBC Sports Philadelphia broadcast. And so the game's on the TV um, and then you've got your second screen, whether that is your phone or your laptop or your tablet, off to the side. And when the puck's in play, um, you know, you've got some live stats that are scrolling through there, just some things that, you know, don't fit on a television screen. But then every once in a while, it'll wake up and, you know, you'll hear Lou, Lou Nolan's voice saying, 
um, you know, Flyers goal scored by, or, uh, you know, feel the shake comes on after we score the goal. And, you know, it's, it's those little things that, uh, that, that remind us all how fun it is to be together. And, and even though we're not together physically, we are all very much together behind this team, watching them go on the run. That's terrific. I, I'm sure it was such a, a bittersweet moment when you – this time is such a bittersweet time because the team's doing so well and um, there's a great way for you all to pivot and, and find these new ways to engage the fans. But at the same time, you would love for it to be at the Wells Fargo Center right now with 19, 18, 19,000 fans. But um, how, how was the whole process of pivoting, realizing, okay, here's what we're dealing with and here's how we have to adjust? Well, I think that, you know, every, everyone is, is adapting to, you know, the, the, the new state of the world for, for what it is right now. And, um, you know, I think that, that there are two paths you can take. You can kind of let it happen and, and let it play out, or you can, you can look at it and say, no, we, we're going to make the best of this situation. And we, we have, without question, the best fans in hockey. Um, and we saw it as our obligation to go above and beyond and, and to, to spend a lot of late nights trying to figure out, you know, what are all of the elements that, that we can and should be doing for them. Um, you know, the, 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 some of the fun pieces uh, that we've come up with, we've done a commemorative ticket where while no one has a ticket to the game, this is a ticket that you are there in spirit. And um, all of the proceeds go to Flyers Charities, which go right back into the community. And goodness knows there's, there's a lot of need there. So um, that, that's been really successful and something that our fans have, have really liked as well. You can, you can get those on our website. And like I said, it all goes to a good cause. So I would, I would encourage our fans to, to go look for those. Um, we mentioned home ice. Um, we, we've really looked at, you know, uncovering every, every stone. Um, and in some cases, bringing the excitement to our fans. And in, in the normal summer, we have our community caravan. And that's uh, typically we go down to the shore for a few days. Um, you know, we bring gritty, we bring some of the alumni, games, prizes, fun. We've, when it's all said and done, we're probably going to triple the number of community caravan days that we do this year. And we're going to all parts of the region. So we're not just going down the shore. We're going north. We're going west. We're going south. Um, anywhere there are Flyers fans, we're bringing the party. And uh, we've redesigned it to be uh, socially distant um, and responsible in that manner. Um, but the, the the folks who have, show, who have shown up in quantities, large quantities, but still spread out, have really loved it. So it's, it's a rolling party um, instead of a stationary, everyone comes to one place. Uh, so we're, we're in Sea Isle City, um, actually uh, here pretty soon uh, today. Uh, and then more stops are going to be added as, as we stay on this run. We're going to keep bringing the party to our fans. I was excited to ask you about the community caravans. I know how popular those are for fans. I always love seeing the pictures and the footage that is sent to me. Um, you can just tell how much it means to the fans. Has it been more challenging during these times to do those? And had they become even more important in terms of connecting with fans amidst these challenges? Yes and yes. Yeah. Um, everything is a little bit more challenging right now. And, um, you know, that's, that's the, the world we're in. But um, obviously safety um, of our fans and, and, and being responsible has to come first. And so everything that we've done, um, whether it's the 
the caravans or um, we, we announced today that uh, Live is going to be the official watch spot um, of, of the playoffs. Um, everything has been, been done with an eye on social distancing um, and, and responsibility first and foremost. So over at Xfinity Live, um, u- utilizing all their outdoor space um, spread out in, in, in a way that, that keeps people um, you know, isolated, um, but still can be together and cheering together and, and, and watching the game on the TVs um, and, and cheering, cheering as one. So, you know, it, it, has, it has required more thought, um, but to, to, to the point earlier, yeah, it's, it's much more important. Yeah. You know, um, we don't get those nights where 20,000 of our closest friends are coming together. So we have to go to them. We have to, um, we have to go to them through social media. And, uh, you know, the, the, the team has been um, really firing on all cylinders, coming up with fun content, funny content, informative content, um, really, really checking all those boxes. Speaking of the team really helping, um, I have to ask about the playoff merchandise and the new slogan, Anytime, Anywhere. It seemed like the second that came out, fans just totally adopted it. How did that slogan come about? How did you guys think of it? Well, it's <laughs> – it, it's a slogan that is so perfect for our city. Yeah. Uh, Philly doesn't care, you know, bring it on. It, it just doesn't matter. And um, it, it's really fitting of our team. Um, you know, from, from the very beginning of phase three, when we restarted training camp, the guys have shown up, um, everyone's there and they have one singular mission and that's, that's to go out and win. And, um, you know, it's been pretty well documented what these guys are, are giving up and the sacrifices that they're making of being with their families to, to be in this bubble. But um, to, to a man, they, they've, they've said it that, you know, this is a, a once in a lifetime opportunity potentially, and this is a chance to go chase a dream, um, not only for them, but for so many people in this city, you know, what it, what it would mean bringing a Stanley Cup back to Philadelphia. It's not lost on the players. So it doesn't matter when, doesn't matter where. They're in. Um, you see the guys wearing the stuff every single day in the locker room. Uh, I think I think AV wore his uh, anytime anywhere shirt for like two weeks straight. Uh, <laughs> he had a bunch of them, and I'm sure he watched them in between. But <laughs> it, it fits. It fits perfectly, and um, you know it fits with the moment too. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to look back on these playoffs at some point and and remember the uniqueness of it. Um, so some of the, some of the gear that we produced this year, we, we did a line of uh, summer hockey and this is the only time that that's ever going to exist. And the only time it's ever going to be real for people, um, knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, but, but also, um, the, one of the thoughts was we don't, we need a lot of t-shirts out in the market because our Flyers fans, undoubtedly, they've got their fill of hoodies. They've got their jerseys. They've got their long sleeve tees but you don't have that summertime gear. And, you know, if you're going outside now, you want to rep your flyers, you got to have, you got to have the lighter weight stuff. So that's, that's where we concentrated. And um, no, the, the response from the market has been fantastic. Nothing makes me happier than walking down the street and seeing an anytime, anywhere shirt coming at me. And I'm seeing it on a regular basis. So if our fans haven't gotten that, I encourage you to uh, head over to the Wells Fargo center, the new era team stores open uh, Monday to Friday, one to six. And then uh, we've expanded the weekend hours because of the demand. And you can also shop online at shop.wfcphilly.com. Great information. I was just going to mention that. I'm glad you did. And um, 
I wanted to ask, I, I know how big the Gritty 5K was. That was such a hit. Now I know this year you're conducting it virtually. Can you explain to fans? Uh, I know it's coming up in September. Can you explain to fans just how you guys are doing that? Sure. Add it, add it to the list of adjustments on the fly and pivots that we've had to make, right? Um, so the Gritty 5K debuted last year. Um, tremendous success. Participation through the roof. Raised a ton of money for Flyers Charities. Was an all-round fantastic event. Um, looking at, at this at this upcoming year, realized that is not going to be in the cards. We're not going to be able to have thousands of people in one place at one time. And so we started looking into virtual races. And um, who, I did not know that that was a thing until until I, I learned about it now. Um, but but the virtual virtual race world is obviously taking off for um, for obvious reasons and. Uh, so the Gritty 5K this year will be virtual. You, um, will, you can sign up. You'll get all your swag. You get the shirt. Uh, you get the, um, the head covering. You, you also, uh, we just added a Gritty 5K medal that participants will get. And then you have any time between September 17th and September 20th to go run your 5K. And there's an app that tracks it for you and submits your time. Um, the good news about the Gritty 5K, it was never about winning. So, um, you know, we, we don't have to spend a lot of time thinking about course integrity or anything like that. In fact, I think it's pretty well documented that, that Gritty doesn't mind where you run. Um, I, I think that he would be the first to tell you that he'd jump on a scooter and do half of it that way <laughs> if he had to. Um, but, but we want our fans to have fun with it. And so we, we've um, created a way for our fans to send in their pictures. Gritty's going to be picking his favorite costumes. He's going to be picking his favorite everything. Um, if you had the most fun route out there, he'll probably give you a prize for that. So it's, it's all about having fun. It's all about uh, giving back to the community and Flyers Charities. So I encourage people to visit our website, sign up for the Gritty 5K. You'll get your, your swag right away. And then um, you can have some fun with it uh, there in September, which still gives you a little bit of time to train. The, don't know the grid is going to be training between now and then, but yeah. if you'd like to, you can. I'm sure he's staying busy uh, in the arena somewhere working out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and there's been some other really cool initiatives, uh, one being the dropping of the big 50-foot banner outside the Wells Fargo Center, sporting the Flyers' new slogan. Um, one I really wanted to ask you about was the gritty billboard in Toronto. I don't know if that was Gritty's idea, but if it wasn't, uh, I was curious as to who came up with that and how did it all come together? So, you know, Gritty, is, you, you, you can't stop Gritty. You can only hope to contain him. And even that is futile a lot of times. Um, he's going to pop up wherever he wants. Um, but, but what more fitting way? And again, you know, really thinking about how do we represent our city and, and what what would Philly do? And Philly would go in and take over. Yeah. That's what we did. So we got this massive billboard. Um, it, it's right between where the players are staying and the arena. So when, when they're going from the hotel um, over to the arena, they see it every day. Our guys see it, know that the city is with them and behind them. The visiting team sees it, um, knows that Philly is around. And uh, Gritty's eyes, you can't. You can't miss them. They they stand out, and and they are they are looking down, watching over the entire thing. So it, uh, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, the the banner on the side of the building, 
just because it's not here doesn't mean that it's not going to be extremely exciting and something that we are going to fully embrace. So, you know, this is, I've heard a lot of commentators talk about that this is potentially going to be the hardest Stanley Cup to win um, just because of the expanded format and, um, you know, the, the 24 teams, the uniqueness of all of it, the um, additional mental focus that's going to go into it. And so, you know, we just want our guys to know that we have their back um, and that they are repping all of us up there. Awesome. And my final question, Mike, was uh, just what's the vibe and the excitement and the buzz around the organization right now? It seems like this might be the most exciting time within the organization, maybe going back to 2012. And on top of it, it you consider the circumstances, it just seems like it should be a fun time. Uh, what is the vibe around the organization? Well, you, you started seeing it, it back, back in the regular season. And, um, you know, the, like, like any season, there are, there are highs and there are lows and there are growing pains. Um, but there was really a corner that, that I think all of us saw the team kind of turn coming out of the, the new year. And, um, you know, Chuck and, and AV have talked a lot about guys buying into this. And the players have talked about buying into the system. Um, and really understanding the system. And, and when you saw it on full display there um, in the early part of March, the excitement was building then. And, you know, we went out and won nine of 10. Um, and it, it was the talk of sports radio. It was the, the talk of the town and with, with good reason. And then you never know what's going to happen, you know, when you take 140 days off. It's unprecedented. Um, but to see how the team has come back, uh, sweeping the round robin, being the three best teams in the East, 4-1, 3-1, 4-1, I think that, that our, our fans and the entire city understands that this team is for real. And, um, you know, you talked about the excitement dating back to – I can't answer that question um, because, you know, to, to me this is, this is a unique moment in time and, and something that – that I am really, really excited to be a part of. Awesome. Mike Shane, uh, the Flyers Chief Business Officer, thank you so much for joining us. You guys do an excellent job uh, embracing these times, embracing this team, and uh, we're excited to watch it play out. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you having me on. Your NBC Sports Philadelphia podcasts are now on the My Teams app. Listen to Eagle Eye, Sixers Talk, Phillies Talk, and Flyers Talk now. Thank you very much again, Flyers Chief Business Officer Mike Shane. Very exciting things happening for Flyers fans and for the organization. Very exciting times for the organization. Katie Emmer, thank you as always. A special thank you as well to our podcast producer, Ben Berry. Uh, Flyers fans, this is your latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.